This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Right, here we go. It's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm proud to be your host. My name is Adam Ritz. Big surprise there, huh? Jay Baker is joining me on the phone. Hey, Jay, how are you? Hey, I am doing great, Adam. How uh, was your week? You know, it's it's been a great week. Uh, we live in a part of the country where, thankfully, temperatures have been pretty mild. That's not really been the case for, for everybody. We've had extreme heat in the West and some odd wildfires that have actually caused uh, parts of the Midwest to be overcast from dust in the sky. We've had some odd weather patterns, a lot of rain this summer. Um, I uh, had a weekend planned in uh, Kentucky uh, last weekend that was uh, turned off by rain. So uh, instead of going to Kentucky for the weekend, uh, I actually built this weekend trip around um, uh, an event I had planned in, in Murray, Kentucky at Murray State University. So uh, I did drive down to Murray State University, just didn't make a weekend out of it. And I wanted to give a shout out and hello to head coach Dean Hood and the Murray State Racers. Uh, in the Ohio Valley Conference. They were great hosts, uh, had me down to speak to the football team about media, broadcast media, and social media responsibility. So that's something uh, I'm pretty passionate about, and I was uh, very happy and proud to be able to talk to those young student-athletes about it. I actually got an interview with one of their players. Uh, What was his name? Cam Petty. What a great guy. Nose guard for the team. He's their representative on the Student-Athlete Advisory Committee, and uh, he told me about some of the community service projects they have going on at Murray State University. And I'll be highlighting that interview here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but my thanks to everybody in Murray, Kentucky, and on campus at Murray State University. Really enjoy being there. Best of luck to all the racers, uh, especially the football team, this fall. Uh, Jay, I heard a statistic um, that's quite shocking. I don't know if you're aware, but recently it was Shark Week. Very popular um, week. I don't know what channel actually started this, but one of the cable channels really uh, uh, profited off of the popularity of sharks <laughs> and Shark Week, and they just have 24-7 documentaries about sharks eating people or what, <laughs> whatever. Sure. Um, if, it, if it bleeds, it leads. But yes. I, listen to this statistic. Um, roughly four people die from shark attacks every year. Four, while yeah. one, let's put it in perspective. While 130 people die every year from falling out of bed. Sure, yeah, that is potentially dangerous, but it doesn't lend itself to a full week on cable TV, does it? Well, that exactly. So if you're going to have Shark Week and four people die every year from shark attacks, it seems to me like you'd have to have falling out of bed week. On uh, on Bravo <laughs> to talk about the dangers of uh, of falling out of your bed. One hundred thirty people die every year from falling out of their bed. Infinitely larger number than four. So yes. your your bed two and a half feet off the ground is a uh, hundred times more dangerous and more lethal 
than a shark. (laughs) You're not. Yeah. You're just not likely to Uh, encounter a shark, but it is crazy how sharks just seem so villainous. Don't they? You know, how many people uh, die a year from falling out of bed in their yacht? And then when they fall out of bed, they get attacked by a shark. (laughs) I want to know those statistics. Well, I don't know the actual statistics, but potentially something like a hammock could be much more dangerous than a shark. Yeah, Th- seems a shark. so benign, doesn't it? <laughs> your hammock, your wicker, the, oh, so dangerous. Your wicker hammock. pool ter- pool furniture is is more dangerous than a shark. <sighs> I also wanted to touch on real quick. Uh, this Sunday, July twenty fifth, is Parents' Day in the USA. Uh, I was not even aware of this until this week. Uh, It is an official, recognized holiday. It was uh, established in 1994 by President Bill Clinton as the day that recognizes, uplifts, and supports the role of parents in the rearing of children. So uh, last week uh, we we spoke about the difficult decisions that parents make on a daily basis, uh, and it was sort of a um, a look at parenthood after Father's and Mother's Day have come and passed, and uh, now— we are aware that there is an actual day to celebrate both parents, and it's called Parents' Day, and it's July 25th this year. It's the, it's the fourth Sunday in July every year. So I also bring that up for all the kids listening. Uh, just another excuse to get your parents a present, at least a card, maybe put a gift card in there. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I hope my kids are listening. Uh, the fourth Sunday in July is Parents' Day in the USA. So happy Parents Day to you, Jay, and uh, I'll go ahead and send uh, the sentiments my way as well. Happy Parents Day, Adam. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I've had the joy of seeing my children get to raise their children, and I think that uh, some of the things that I shared with them early on kind of uh, they've kind of realized, hey, I was on to something. So I, I'm enjoying that part of it. Dad knew what he was talking about. <laughs> You're on board with uh, the Adam Ritz Show. We do public affairs and uh, community service topics, and uh, we're underwritten by Vibonomics. You can learn about uh, them through uh, our our uh, website, rather. I almost said Facebook page, but through our website, adamritzshow.com. You can find a link to their logo, Vibonomics, and learn about their audio experience inside retail locations across the country. Jay, happy Parents' Day to you, and what else is happening in your world? Well, you know, this is an important story because the technical director for this show, this is his favorite restaurant, Taco Bell, announced this week on their website that because of some ingredient shortages nationwide, some of your favorite Taco Bell items might not be available when you visit your nearby Taco Bell. Well, I didn't know they had um, ingredients <laughs> at all. <laughs> this is news to you. I, you know, it's been the same five <laughs> ingredients since 1974. And in 74, they had three items on the menu. Now there's 303 items made from those same five ingredients. Made what? those same five ingredients. In fact, the Taco Bell Food Lab has to be a pretty mysterious place because you are right taking those five simple ingredients and making all the wonderful food items that they make it's it's miraculous what well, what is uh <laughs> what's the culprit here what ingredient are we missing well here's part of the problem and this is uh this is hitting a, a few people including retail locations but there is 
a global uh, supply chain problem. And that problem emanated from the fact that there was sort of a predictable supply and demand during the pandemic because most people were working from home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the economies now are cranking back up because the pandemic is easing in many parts of the United States. And, you know, it's just the markets reacting to demand of different things. So sometimes very simple things are actually they just haven't gotten caught up. Uh, One of them was meat production because uh, meat workers, uh, it was difficult uh, to keep full staffing at meat production plants. When you read it, it, it's, it's sort of collegiate level economic stuff. So it's a little dry, but it is interesting. And uh, slowly but surely America is catching up. Did they ever, now this is not probably going to be in your report or your research that you have in front of you, but can they bring back the uh, the Mexican pizza? Could that happen? I My day was ruined the, when I learned that they were discontinuing the Mexican pizza. Uh, that was probably I about know. six to eight months ago. That was my favorite thing at the Bell. And uh, I just wanted to bring that up in case any Taco Bell executives hear this broadcast uh, and they're having a focus group meeting or an executive level meeting and they can say, you know what, I want to bring back the Mexican pizza. I fully support that. It's my favorite thing on the menu and it's gone. If McDonald's can bring back the McRib sandwich, I believe Taco Bell can indeed bring back you the know, Taco Bell it, That's pizza. fine. And if it's seasonal, maybe that maybe gets me to buy more of them. Because when I hear if, yeah. it, if it comes back, I'll go buy four every day for the fear of having it go away someday soon. Uh, yeah. Where in the past, I only bought two every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is our executive director, our technical director's all-time favorite food. So he will have to brace himself for possibly being out of his favorite item when he visits the bell i think he's there right now taylor our producer he is uh he's at the bell right now he's probably at the bell well research is uh furtherly amplifying what a lot of people probably knew but playing puzzles card games and reading books is exactly the mechanism that may delay the onset of Alzheimer's by about five years. This is some definitive research that just got concluded in the United Kingdom and reported in Neurology Journal. Uh, and their prognosis was it's never too late. Uh, and the good news is about puzzles and card games, etc., is relatively inexpensive and very accessible. In fact, there's just about every card game under the sun you can play on an app on your phone. Uh, So these activities are very accessible and they really do help uh, your senior citizen friends uh, to improve their quality of life. Now, don't use that as an excuse to go play uh, blackjack and Texas Hold'em, <laughs> unlimited, uh, you know, no limit Hold'em, 
and and lose your your 401k uh we are not promoting a gambling problem here um, <laughs> i didn't take that leap but you're right maybe uh, some of these card games are not good for your financial health i mean you may lose your house and get your legs broken <laughs> but you won't have alzheimer's no you'll have a very sharp mind when Vinny and the boys swing by your house yeah you uh, know that, that does make complete sense you gotta you know use it or lose it you got to use it or lose it. So um, books, uh, I know for me that's a challenge because I have I have grown up in this world of uh, of internet instant satisfaction, the memes, the Instagram world, where you look at something, you just want to look at it quick, get the point, move on. It's disposable media. It takes a, a a very interesting book for me to sit down and spend hours reading the same thing. Uh, but I fully admit I have to start doing that more because I believe every word you just said. Yeah, the book thing is kind of cool, too, in that um, a lot of people are not super cognizant of how really cool their library might be. I've had a little extra time lately and uh, have visited my local library, which thankfully is within easy walking distance of my house. But today's libraries are pretty, pretty cool. So it might not be a bad habit to develop. Visit your local library and explore what they've got. You know, I didn't even know uh, when I was in college that we had a library. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's easy to, (laughs) you know, for us, the library was a place we went to in university to sit in a study carol and Uh, pretend to study for a few hours. I I thought it was a myth. I didn't know they really had those. (laughs) Uh, Books, they're interesting. You open them up and there's words in there. It's it's really something else. I'm going to look into Uh, that. (laughs) I'm going to investigate that further. Charitable spending was up about 16% in the United Kingdom this year. And uh, they had a similar phenomena to the United States in that large amounts of clothing were donated. In fact, a record pace of donated clothing, because that is a very big thing in England, is to be able to buy used clothing, very similar to what Goodwill and a few other stores do here in our country. Uh, But Adam, I suspect it might be because a number of people in the United Kingdom, like they did here in America, actually changed clothing sizes, and that may may have contributed to the donation of clothing. You may have uh, outgrown uh, your clothes, and uh, and then you also throw into the uh, the mix when you are stuck at home in some sort of self quarantine. Uh, you start cleaning out closets, and you realize yes. there, here's a shirt I haven't worn in 24 months. Let's give it away, and it really yeah. is. Uh, it's a it's a way to to help yourself by uh, decluttering and getting rid of of just things you don't need or use that are in your closet, and then uh, at the same time you help out uh, somebody that could use that garment that uh, can now purchase it at a super affordable rate, maybe even get it for free. So, yes. yeah, we highly encourage, whether you changed uh, pant size or not, go through your closet. Uh, and I don't know what the rule is. There, you know, there are professional organizers that have rules, and, and it's something like if you haven't used something in, let's just say, 20 months, if there's something in your house you haven't used in 20 months, get rid of it. 
Yeah, uh, and I don't it's know. Not a bad idea. Don't know what that time period is. You, you know, you can play with that number yourself. Um, but I, and I'm gu- as guilty as anybody. There are things in my house I haven't used in seven years. And do I need them? No. Uh, why do I still have them? I don't know. For fear of getting rid of it, and now all of a sudden I think I'm going to use it. If I if I haven't used it in seven years, it's pretty safe bet I'm not going to need it tomorrow. Yeah, that's actually a good uh, good guideline for sure. Now. I always mispronounce his name, so I'm going to ask you for some help. Okay. The Amazon founder's last name is Jeff. Bezos. Bezos. Okay. As you know, he famously went into space, and upon his return, he gave $100 million each to Van Jones and a celebrity chef by the name of Jose Andres because— he enjoyed the fact that both of those gentlemen uh, acted uh, philanthropically and he wanted to contribute to them so that they could contribute to others. He gave the $100 million each gift to them, no strings attached. He said, look, do with this money exactly what you think needs to be done with this money. And we've talked about uh, how some of the richest people in America are becoming more philanthropic. In fact, there is a move afoot to try to give away uh, appropriate amounts of money. Uh, And I thought that that was a a very interesting contribution that he made because that's a significant gift. It's a large amount. And let me just clarify for not only me, but for the listeners. uh, Did he give $100,000 or $100 million? He gave Actually, two hundred million. One hundred million went to Van Jones, and the other one went. The other one hundred million dollar award went to Jose Andreas. He Jose Andreas uh, was born, I think, in Spain. I saw a bio on him. He's a restaurateur, and he's a gentleman that has set about helping America feed itself. He's created all these food banks. Uh, was actually part of the Haiti relief when they had the tremendous disasters down in Haiti. Uh, And the guy is just kind of an amazing guy. So um, Jeff said, I want to give money to reward people who argue hard and act hard to work for others. Pretty amazing. Um, Yeah, that's significant. And if you... uh you know, in a couple of weeks, if you hear a headline that Van Jones gave $500 to charity, we should investigate Van Jones <laughs> for keeping <Yes>. $99 plus <laughs> million dollars to himself. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. Van Jones, I'm sure he's going to use all of that money to help uh, many, several organizations through his charity. Same with uh, Jose. Uh, could you say yeah. the Jose's last name one more time? It's Andreas, A-N-D-R-E-S. Okay, just like the fault. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. All right. Uh, there is, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> this is interesting, it's not really a problem. It's more amusing than problematic. But there is an actual Peppa effect from school-aged kids watching Peppa Pig, who is a cartoon character, She's British, and kids now are speaking with British accents and using such words as the telly or ready, steady, go. Uh, 
Peppa became the <laughs> second most popular cartoon behind SpongeBob during the pandemic. So there is a Peppa effect where your child may actually start speaking in a British accent. How funny. Uh, you know there are going to be some <laughs> elementary school teachers this fall that don't know about Peppa and don't know about this phenomena. And their kids this fall are going to speak with British accents and, just, and the teachers are going to be like, what is happening? The Peppa effect. The Peppa effect. Wow. And, uh, yeah, other than the British accent, because Peppa is actually a, a pretty positive cartoon, uh, you know, and so, so there's no other detriment if your child uh, speaks in a British accent or uses British slang. But uh, the Peppa effect, it's it's in effect. A British pig. So this is the first <laughs> animated pig I've heard of with a British accent. Well, I loved Peppa Pig, and I learned about Peppa Pig from a young man who was walking around with a Peppa Pig lunchbox. And I I had to ask him, I said, who's Peppa? And he, he gave me the full rundown. So... Uh, <laughs> How old was this? Peppa, Peppa, he was probably about seven or eight years old. He was just standing there with his mom. Uh, and I said, hey, I've never heard of Peppa. And he, the guy gave me the real the rundown. So I learned a lot about Peppa. Were, were you in a, at a daycare center? I mean, where was this? <laughs> I think we were shopping or something. I was with my wife at the time. So I, I didn't want you to think that I was just walking up to seven or eight-year-olds and engaging them in conversation. Well, but I assumed you were with your <laughs> wife because if you weren't, that mom would have called the police. <laughs> Can you imagine the kid hits me with a lunchbox <laughs> and I get arrested? Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's I the Peppa effect. That's the Peppa effect in your world. <laughs> Uh, coming up in August, as you had pointed out, there are some health awareness things which are good to take note of. In August is Children's Eye Health Month, and they are recommending that you take your young ones in for an eye exam, uh, if you can, on an annual basis. And to not only have a good idea of their eye health from your local eye doctor, but to also be aware that uh, in uh, certainly in sports and other things, and especially science class at your uh, local school, that you want to make sure you're wearing the proper protective eyewear. And I want to mention every time we talk about eye health, we bring this up. It's one of my favorite things that we've ever discussed on this show is the 202020 rule. Yes. And uh, you know your eyes are strained, especially children. You think about the kids growing up in a world where uh, they have a device, a computer, some sort of screen within 10 inches of their face 24 hours a day for their entire life. Uh, how's that going to affect their eyesight downriver? Uh, I'm 51 years old myself. I I didn't even see a computer screen until I was, I don't know, let's say uh, until I was 17 years old. So I have a 17-year head start on eye health that my kids don't from them staring at screens since they were born. Um, yes. So anyway, the 20-20-20 rule is that uh, anybody, any age, should do this. When you've got screen time, whether you're watching uh, a movie on an 85-inch flat panel TV, whether you're working um, in your office on a on a laptop or a desktop computer, or you're watching YouTube or TikTok on your phone, every 20 minutes, 
look away from your device, make sure you focus in on something that's 20 feet away for 20 seconds. Yes. And, and, and if you can imagine this, I mean, this is a great way for me to envision this. You, you might be cross-eyed. When you're looking at, a, at your iPhone six inches from your face, your eyes are kind of crossed to focus in on the focal point that close to your face. Look 20 feet away for 20 seconds every 20 minutes, and then your eyes will uncross and rest a little bit. Uh, so that's just one of my favorite rules we've ever talked about, the 20-20-20 rule when it comes to your eyesight. Absolutely. And do think about uh, making sure that your children do have good eye health. The 20-20-20 rule is good, as is our annual eye exams. It's also National Hair Loss Awareness Month. Uh, most people lose hair due to stress. So if you've had sudden a sudden increase in hair loss, might be related to stress-related incidents. Is this uh, in August or July? This will be in August. In August. And I wonder, usually a lot of these awareness months have something to do with that month. For example, uh, when you're talking about you know skin cancer or sunscreen awareness month, it's usually in May or June, right when the summer season starts to pick up. Uh, yes. I wonder what has happened uh, in August. Uh, if, if there was a major hair loss event, the major hair loss event of 1962 that launched the Hair Loss uh, Awareness Month. Somebody out there noticed in the month of August that, yes, hair loss was an issue. Now you've planted uh, a seed in my head, and I, I'm afraid <laughs> I'm going to lose my hair next month. <laughs> See, I know, but at least we want you to be aware of it. I will and be there aware. are certain steps <laughs> that you can take to avoid hair loss. One of them is calm down. If you're bald or going bald and haven't noticed, you will in August because it's Hair Loss Awareness Month. Yes, indeed. Now, next month, it's also National Golf month this was developed by the pga to make sure that everyone knows that golf is a good fun healthy game and you should get out and play if you are so inclined especially if you're bald wear a hat There's yes a... please do wear a hat because it was funny you brought that up it is summer sun safety month during the month of august and that is when you find out that you need to protect yourself against UV and uh, UV rays, I should say UV radiation that emanates from the sun. There's actually two types of UV radiation. There's UVA and UVB radiation. I did not know that. I, I didn't either. What's the, uh, how do they affect, how does each one affect you? Uh, apparently it's just something that happens with the natural transmission of the sun. You get a little bit of both and therefore you want a sunscreen that does offer both the A and the B, uh, protection. And it, this is kind of an interesting thing too. I found out about sunscreens, um, sunscreen, you know, oftentimes people tend to think in terms of applying it and that's good. But that's not your first line of defense. And in fact, clothing, a hat, and sunglasses all protect your body from ultraviolet radiation. Mm -hmm. But clothing is a better uh, stopgap uh, than sunscreen by itself. So uh, I think you've given the shining example of 
hey, it's the sp- it's start of spring break, or hey, you're down in Florida with your friends, you're on a boat, you know, shirt comes off, and you think, yeah, I just slather myself with sunscreen, but you may not be getting the full protection that you need, so you have to really kind of think these things through. Flannel. Uh, gives you the best protection. So <laughs> flannel. If you're, flannel uh, works yeah. the best. If you're uh, in the southern <laughs> part of America in August um, with flannel on outside, make sure you've got plenty of water to keep you hi- keep you hydrated. <laughs> you may pass what, out, but you won't you, get skin what, cancer. Are you at a fish concert where you're wearing flannel? I mean, what what's going on here? That's yes, the uh, uh, the grunge fans of the early '90s. They weren't. It, it wasn't a style. A style. They weren't making a statement with their style. They were just protecting were themselves from the sun at all UV those outdoor yeah. concert events. <laughs> but yeah, this one just says shirt. But by God, flannel. I think you are you are correct. Flannel offers extraordinary protection against the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I had to chuckle a little bit about this. This is obscure, but I think it's the kind of knowledge that the Adam Rich Show listeners demand. Uh, On August 24th, it's Pluto Demotion Day. That's the day we decided Pluto was not a planet, huh? Well, that's great that you knew that because I actually had to kind of look it up. Obviously, Pluto rang a bell that it's a planet, but apparently it was demoted in 2006 from a full-size planet to a dwarf planet right. uh, under the under the designation, uh, and it was uh, mm-hmm. downsized by the International astronomical union which i'm sure is a good group of guys interesting very you know i went with the planet (laughs) because uh, i'm sure some people listening thought mickey's dog lost his job (laughs) jay thank you so much for joining us today to our listeners thank you for tuning in you can hear podcast episodes uh, of all our previous shows on our website adamritzshow.com the Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out of Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.